same old trouble villains always knocking at the door pretty pictures on the page but nothing ever stays the Thank you, Vandello, and welcome once again, everybody, to Graphically Novel. My name is Josh Wasta, a.k.a. Fallout Pieri. And with me, as always, is the inevitable argument over which movie is better. Hitsbear. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, sir. Thank you. And there will be a fight. Don't worry. And with us the whole season, the lovely and talented... The Baronessa, Miss Jennifer Howland, the lady who gets things mansplained to her more than she ever really thought would happen. I didn't even think it was possible. <laughs> Although I, I do, uh, I do goad. <laughs> A little bit. There is no. That. <clears throat> and uh, we, uh, as we have had on past episodes and will for the rest of this season, we have a, a guest with us today. We have Reed Woldridge with us to talk about Hellboy. Thanks. A returning guest. Uh, Reed, welcome back from uh, after the Deadpool episode from season two. Yep, Deadpool was a lot of fun. Decided I wanted to come back for, for another one. Less controversy this time around on what we were going to read, though. Also true. Yeah, this one was a pretty easy, uh, easy read. But before we get into it, this season, every episode, one of us chooses a themed drink to go with. We have the mystery bag down here uh, that has the drinks in it. But this time... The Baronessa has chosen what we are to drink. All right, before we get into this, if there's fireball involved, I'm going to be mad. We had this discussion. Reed, Reed, do you trust me? Okay, yes. <laughs> okay, so forget fireball. What is something iconic that Hellboy likes to drink and he likes to share with his friends? Cheap beer? Yes! Oh, boy. <laughs> Specifically... <laughs> Mexican cheap beer. Oh. Tecate in a can. <laughs> it's the best. It's so much better because you get all of the aluminum flavor <laughs> with, with Tecate in all a can. Right. Can't smile without you. Ah, <laughs> uh, there it is. Chin chin. Cheers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like it's brewed specifically to pull that aluminum flavor oh, out of the can. so good. It's the <laughs> best thing to drink in the summertime. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, this is the time to point out that during the uh, the day-long drinking summer days, uh, Jen's go-to is either Tecate or the Champagne of beers. That's right. Woohoo! <laughs> That's right. You have to stay hydrated. That's right. <laughs> it's, it's, there's a lot of water content to these. This all is right. Tecate is also a good moving beer. Like if sure. you're helping people move, this is a good beer to drink. Again, with dehydration. Yeah. Your, your light lagers are great. I enjoy them after a long day of fighting in whatever type of uh, combat sport I'm doing at the time. Excellent. Be it foam or rattan. Yeah, foam or rattan. They're they're great for getting off after getting off the field. It's just wonderful. All right, so uh, for Hellboy, we watched both movies. Um, the Guillermo del Toro. Del Toro 24, or 2004. Mm -hmm. And uh, David Harbour's uh, 2019. Yeah, yeah. Last year. Uh, we are, I've been trying to keep the arguments 
until we were recording because it we went right into it. So <laughs> the comic that we read was Seeds of Destruction, Seed of Destruction, which is the first Hellboy comic. It's super accessible. You can find it anywhere. Uh, Mike Mignola and John Byrne, who that's the writer uh, artist for the most of the the beginning of Hellboy and the the uh, what I would call uh, core Hellboy. Yeah, you've got Core Hellboy, then it starts spinning off after several years into BPRD and then BPRD Vampires, and it gets a little Ape muddy. Sapien gets his own. Yeah. There's Lobster Johnson gets his own. Yeah. Oh, is that over there? I have a Lobster Johnson action figure. <laughs> Deep dive, deep dive. <laughs> well, I mean, not so, not so much a deep dive because we get to we get to talk about him today. Yep, he is in the the 2019 movie. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Reed, let's start with you. You've been on the show before. You've already told us your history of comics, but out of the list of season three, why Hellboy? Um, Hellboy was another one that was early in my comic reading career. Uh, again, we get to blame Rob for this. Uh, but I was a huge fan of the Del Toro movie. And uh, so at the same time that uh, I was getting recommendations for Deadpool and uh, Hellblazer, Hellboy was also top of the list of, of my starting career in comics. So uh, Hellboy, Hellboy has a special place, especially when you talk about indie comics. Um, you know, if you're a, if you're a, a child of the of the 90s or you were at all aware of comic books, you know, you knew your Marvel and you knew your DC, but you also knew your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you knew Spawn and you you probably knew Hellboy. Um, Spawn and Hellboy both having a lot to do with the obviously con- the concept of hell, though Hellboy a little more Lovecraftian in just about every aspect. <laughs> a, a little. Just a <laughs> Uh, this is actually uh, the, the day that we're recording this. We will be recording this and Guardians of the Galaxy. And funny enough, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy comic that we're reading. Also very, very Lovecraftian. Very Lovecraftian. The, the swear that people from the universe will will say is Fatagan. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's, there's a little bit of comics code influence going on there. Also true. Uh, yeah, yes, that's a good point. Um, so most people will be familiar, at least passingly familiar, with the 2004 Guillermo del Toro, uh, uh, Ron Perlman, Perlman uh, movie, uh, in which Ron Perlman pretty much encapsulated like his own version of Hellboy yeah. in a very Guillermo del Toro world. Um, what was your, uh, all three of my my panelists, what were your fir- first experiences? Did you see this in theaters? Did this just kind of pop up on your radar do you just not remember uh i caught the del toro movie uh in undergrad uh it came out in 2004 uh so i probably saw it on video the next year at hanging out in somebody's dorm room yeah i saw it probably it, it was probably like on hbo one of the the movie cable channels um the year after um i that Early 2000s, I wasn't going to theaters much. Um, had small children, so wasn't wasn't doing that thing. But uh, yeah, caught it, and I think I just watched it because it, I think I'm pretty sure it was HBO um, or Showtime. Anyway, I know that I watched it multiple times. Um, probably not all together, you know. <laughs> you know how that goes. 
It's like Again, you turn it on. Yeah. Well, you turn it on and it's halfway through and you're like, oh yeah, I like this movie and it's on in the background kind of thing. Um, definitely not uh, the familiarity that Josh has with this movie. Bear? Um, I actually had no clue about Hellboy. I hadn't encountered Hellboy at all until the Giro del toro movie came out um and i was uh, looking at a bunch of my friends going what the heck is this uh I, I don't i don't even understand and watched it and almost instantly fell in love with it um ron perlman does an amazing job the whole cast is you know is, is super awesome it's got a great cthulhu-esque storyline what's there not to love well this this particular type of character also kind of screams out to your your <laughs> type uh your superhero type the dude literally has a gigantic right hand made of rock that he loves punching people with he loves punching (laughs) people with (laughs) yeah uh for me it was uh this was one of those uh those stories that i mean i had read i definitely read seed of destruction um and i was passingly familiar with hellboy but it wasn't like i was in my everything marvel all the time kind of phase the only unless it was vertigo um you know my uh my one uh mention per episode of transmetropolitan um fables <laughs> like all of the you know th- those kinds of uh of comics but the girl that i was dating was a huge guillermo del toro fan and a huge hellboy fan so i was in the theater i mean i had probably read it three or four years before um it had been a long time and so going into the movie i remembered nearly nothing other than he was summoned from somewhere and he had a gigantic right hand that he punched people with um and now going back and reading it now there is so much more it is very, very different from both of the movies. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was kind of my experience with it. And as Jen mentioned, it, it it's on my regular rotation of movies I'll just put on that I've pretty much memorized at this point. Um, I would add it to Hudson Hawk and So I Married an Axe Murderer for movies that, like, if I start them, I can just, without even looking at the screen, quote, you know, the entirety of the movie beginning to end. I'm not quite to that point with Hellboy. Yes, well, and it should be known that his familiarity with Hudson Hawk and So I Married an Axe Murderer is one of the foundations of our relationship. (laughs) That's very true. (laughs) Can you fucking believe it? Airbag set up in the back, can you fucking believe it? If you have not, my audience members... I just want a cup of coffee. <laughs> you still have a thing for those emasculine European coffees. Um, if you've not seen Hudson Hawk or Story Married Max Murder, um, you are doing yourself a disservice. They are both wonderfully fun movies. Yes, sorry uh, for the aside. No, that's that's okay. <laughs> that's what we do here. Um, I would also like to point out that, you know, as far as going off the rails, I think the number of Tecates that we consume during this episode is going to be directly proportional to how terribly we pronounce Guillermo del Toro's name. Just say del Toro. Yeah, that's that's Just really the easiest Toro. way to do Everybody it. Everybody knows who del Toro is. Also, I think that in the description for this episode, it should just be the number of Tecates that we've had. <laughs> Hellboy, colon, number. <laughs> is that number total amongst yes. all four of yes. us? Yes, Okay, well, Reed has to drive after this, so he's going to nurse his Tecate. That's okay. Ooh. I'll drink for him. 
Well, that's why I dropped bear, the 12 bear, back off. Bear will fall on that sword. I appreciate your <laughs> sacrifice. Yes, we those, almost those had liver everybody. Cells will be will be well sacrificed. Don't worry. We almost had everybody together for a uh, for a not even close to socially distanced uh, show. Uh, however, uh, Bear got some news today that somebody that he has been in contact with uh, tested positive for COVID. So yeah, he is so, off site. Yeah, one of my. Uh, Members of one of my gaming groups who I literally sat around the corner of the table from pretty much breathing in each other's air for five hours, um, tested positive. So I'm not going anywhere for a few days. Wah-wah. <laughs> That's not a wah-wah. Dude could die. It's a sad trambo- trombone moment. <laughs> Maybe it's more of a wah-wah-wah-wah-wah. Only if you're doing jazz hands when you do it. Come on, Bear. <laughs> For those listening at home, we are on Zoom and there are jazz hands. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, narrator. Uh, <laughs> the Neil Gaiman of this episode. You're uh, welcome. <laughs> so, reeling it on at, back into Hellboy. Differences... Let's talk about first differences between now that we have read the comic and obviously we're familiar with the movie. Um, differences that you found between the 2004 Del Toro movie. Yes. I just keep thinking of what we do in the shadows. Guillermo! <laughs> Guillermo! Yes, master. Yes, master. <laughs> Bring your virgins, master. Okay. Um, what differences have you seen now that we go back? All right. Let, let's. All right. So, differences between the films and the book, or between the two films? Well, let's start with the films and the book, while leaving the book kind of vague. But, but there are some major uh, liberties that are taken with the book, even in the Del Toro version. It's fair. Okay. So we'll start with the Del Toro. I mean, the one of the big things that jumps out right away is the cast the number of cast members in the del toro movie is significantly higher than in the book um and there are cast members that are given very prominent roles that disappear fairly quickly in the book um so like the supervisor or the the structure of the bprd uh in and around uh hellboy himself in the book he's basically given wide liberties like the 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 only line about administration in the book is you can of course form your own team that's it they're done they're off screen right he's cut loose so perhaps you should explain to our gentle listeners what prd stands for okay uh, I mean, it is in the movie, the Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense. It's the, uh, I, I would call it a, another branch of uh, government secret service. It's the paranormal version of the CIA or the FBI. Right, but it's hidden. Right. So, well, I'm also yeah. going to say, if if you have watched the second Hellboy movie, which I'm also going to, the Golden Army, which I'll, I'll put on the table because most people that are familiar with the first movie, they enjoyed it enough to listen to us ramble for an hour about it. They're probably going to have watched the second one, which if you are a Del Toro fan, the second one is Del Toro jacked up to infinity. It is basically Hellboy Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Hashtag, I am mad at this man for not watching Pan's Labyrinth. I have not watched it yet. I need time where I can you? watch something with subtitles. Right? Well, right? I, I, listen, I hate subtitles with a passion, but you need to watch this damn movie. Like, <laughs> this is a good movie. I know. It, it may be on my list. Don't let reading get in the way of an excellent movie. It's a good movie. It's also a hard to watch movie. It like, is. It it's is difficult, but it I is like kind that. of brutal. I like that. 
yeah it may be what we what we watch in between episodes of uh the second season of umbrella academy tonight yes <laughs> oh, oh umbrella academy so good it's oh, back i'm gonna burn <laughs> through that so fast while i'm sitting here quarantined see i can't i have to i i need to savor it you need to it savor it because yeah. it's not we watched the first episode last night and then immediately moved to well you did some homework like for yeah. the show yes and uh you know and then we moved on to watching the first hellboy movie right um but anyway the point that i was going to in the golden army at the pardon me one of the end uh results is uh hellboy leaving bprd that is that actually happens fairly quickly <laughs> in the comic book series which is why the bprd spinoff really yeah. occurs yes. because people still wanted to read about those characters and so hellboy takes a certain well it's mostly himself with guest appearances i think of it as a solo series um and then bprd moves to its other side uh and then you get a lot of history in things like lobster johnson and uh abe eventually gets his own series and it's a whole thing um it, it works as comic books do also dark horse which this is one of the first comics i believe it's one of the first comics we've done by dark Horse. I can't remember any other that had the Dark Horse label. Um, no, but there are many very good comics. That's true. There are. That well, I there's the Hellboy universe is right. under Dark Horse. Um, if you are a Star Wars fan, before Marvel started doing all the Star Wars stuff, because they owned it, uh, Dark Horse did a really good uh, Star Wars run um, in the, the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, but another one of those, I mean, there's DC, Marvel, and then you've got certain known indie labels. You've got Dynamite, you've got Dark Horse being way up there. Um, uh, Image, Vertigo. Vertigo. Well, Vertigo is a DC subsidiary. Yeah, all right. Um, you know, Image, you've got, uh, what's the one that McFarlane, yeah, McFarlane was Image, because that was where all the spawn was. Anyway, I will edit this later if uh, I'm not right on that. So, <laughs> uh, but Hellboy the comic follows your titular character, BPRD eventually follows off to the side. Um, where I was going uh, with this is that the movies very quickly followed the comics, at least in, in beginning structure. The first Hellboy movie, all of the elements of Seed of Destruction are in there. I, they, they had to take creative license to get where they wanted to because Seed of Destruction is a self-contained introductory arc. For the way it is written, it is, here's the character, here's the world, here are the basics, let's set things up so you can get hooked and get interested. It's very well written, it's very tight. It's not great movie fodder if you just follow it because the action is so fast. If you're gonna do a Hollywood blockbuster, which is exactly what Hellboy is, um, it, you need to kind of stretch it out. You need to add characters. You need to add folks who are going to die in order to up the tension and, and up the, the, the drama. So there are licenses that are taken between the 2004 movie and the book, but it's also that it can really fit the, the Hollywood mold. It's not an abuse of the story. All of the elements that, that are taken and molded are done because you need to kind of transition from comic book to film. But on the whole, it's a very faithful representation. They just kind of added some more action and drama because the the book is very short. It is three chapters or four chapters mm -hmm. in total with like a couple of pages of epilogue. Right. And that's it. It's, it's very, very tight and very quick. 
And in order to up that drama, they, they had to expand things for the movie. Right. Titan and Brick I, was my I, nickname in high school. <laughs> nice. I, I agree with you. I also have to say that the, the movie did not abuse the book at all. It also added some villains in there that totally fit the universe. Yes. And, you know, the... Um, you know, the Nazi who had the surgical... Um, well, the Clockwork you know, Man. The clockwork, he's, he's an adaptation of an existing villain, as is uh, the blonde. I can't remember her name right now. Uh, she Ilsa. had very little role in the yeah. movie anyway. Uh, she, she, well, if, if you call bringing well. Yuri back from the dead... Or back from the the exile, extra planar exile, very little. Like, eh. um, and it, it it's a fitting adaptation of a role because she shows up in like books three and four of Hellboy significantly more. So she's got a fairly minor role in Seeds of Destruction. So fits that she's got a fairly minor role, except as as kind of the the kicking things off in the movie. Cronin. Cronin is the clockwork. Yeah. The biggest difference that I'd say is if you are looking for a book about that that if you really enjoyed the characters of Liz Sherman and Father, uh the book may not be for you. There's, That's fair. There is yeah. not a lot of them no. in this book. And Liz was given the beefiest, like, you know, level up in the in the Del Toro mm-hmm. movie, which was gr- a great choice. And I, I love Salma Blair. Yeah. I've I've been a fan of her for quite some time. Um <laughs> ever I mean, since you it, ever since you were an emo and watched the craft all the time. <laughs> it, it it is kind of foreshadowing how her role increases as the books go on. Mm-hmm. Like she she has more substance and and more screen time for lack of a better term in in later books uh and her powers the the fact that nobody really understands them continues to be an interesting and fascinating plot point the other thing that i think is 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 good about the movie is that it gives more relationship and people who haven't read the books see that first del toro movie and they get pulled into those relationships and I think that that's, that is a good, um, you know, it's a good introduction to the books. I think that the movie does a really great job of creating a world that people are interested in and want more of. And I think that that's what movies should do, especially if it's based on other material. That movie should should want to pull people into the other material, the source material for the movie. And it does a really good job, I agree. Um, although that sparks some discussion for how the 2019 movie decided to try and do the same thing. Fresh yeah. round of beers! <laughs> So let's get ready for this fight. All right. Can we get into the 2019? Yeah, let's talk about the 2019. All right. Okay. I I have one. (laughs) Thank you. I have one starting. Stone cold. I have one starting rant on this one. I sat down to watch this movie and 46 seconds. It took me 46 seconds. That's including the credits. Like rented it from Amazon and 46 seconds in, I had to pause. And my girlfriend and I screamed at each other about this for a while because we're both complaining about the same things. And it really set the tone for how we were going to process the rest of that movie. Because, oh God, what a train wreck. Oh, you got triggered quick. Okay, so they say they, they start with the opening title of 15 or 542 England and they show the shot of the corpse. This is when we hit pause. 
because they say 542. The armor on that corpse is 15th century at the earliest. Hi, we, we, we are friends with people who are very obsessed with certain things, AKA nerds. Yeah, no, this is, this is, this is my, my, my Skadian moment of, uh, this is, oh God, ow, it hurts so much. But read, it was a creative anachronism. Um, You're in a society for that. <laughs> 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 uh, it's amazing. All right. Somewhere All right. my brother is throwing something against the wall. <laughs> when he hears this episode, he is going to call you and yell at you. <laughs> oh, I just want to be there for that phone call so I can laugh like I'm laughing at Reed. Well, that's okay. At least they'll be talking. <laughs> All right. So. All right. So, I mean, that's, that's the, the first thing, but that really set the tone for me. Uh, the, then we need to talk about the casting because casting was have, amazing the hat the cast is amazing like they've got wonderful stars and i love those stars in other things they were cast completely inappropriately for the characters that they were playing absolutely not you don't think ian mcshane ian mcshane as a father as a as a supportive loving and teaching nurturing father figure no okay yes. hang on i'm gonna I'm stop you i'm gonna My stop daddy. you right there because first <laughs> off if if we're gonna compare this to seeds of destruction you get what 10 pages of hellboy's father you you have no real idea what the relationship is even like except for the fact that and if you want to go back to the 2004 hellboy you you know he's he only ever calls him father there well in seeds of destruction he's only ever calling him sir like yeah and but he does reference uh several times about how this man was a father to me and he is in mourning over his death and that he and later in the series they talk about how he taught him so much about how to move in this world and hellboy is has very human interactions with everyone so theoretically he picked up empathy somewhere i don't see and, ian mcshane like an ian mcshane cake character doesn't really teach those things like in anything he plays for that you have to go back to the speech that he gave at the end which was uh, once again a very ian mcshane speech i mean let's face it you put you put ian mcshane in a movie because you want a very like he, he's a wonderful man but he is a one note actor yes he is he is a typecast actor you put it in there because you want a beautiful british man that is going to have a a wonderful speaking voice and is going to talk shit about you whenever he gets the opportunity yes please yep <laughs> See? we're we're agreed and i think that is a bear a, you need to stop kink shaming my wife <laughs> <laughs> i i agree that is what ian mcshane does i think that is a a going back to to how i said that the 2004 movie was faithful it it modified things but it was still faithful to the the source material i think in its abuse i think it's an abuse of the character of the professor to do that. I, I think it is it is out of character for, for what we see in the series about how he interacts with Hellboy. I don't know, like I said, I think I, I appreciate a speech at the end where at the end of the movie, where he's basically being the ghost summoned back, where basically he says, I am, I was a soldier. I didn't know how to be a father, as opposed to the 2004 movie where you have this bumbling scientist dude that just kind of walks in the and you can professor. tell he's, al yeah. he's already a dad. You can tell he's a dad. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because he's like, give me a blanket. I've got a candy bar. Come here, little boy. Like, right. that's yeah. a dad. Okay, that's that a dad was from creepy. The get-go. <laughs> that's not a dad. <laughs> yeah. I, Come I, here, I, little boy. I have a candy bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But you, you, you get that, uh, you get that, that, you know, that vibe off of him that this, this man already has children, as opposed to Ian McShane, who is literally sitting there saying, listen, I was a soldier. I, bro- I didn't know what to do. Now, you know, you made me something more than that. You made me a father. Oh, all right. All right. I, I, I disagree that, that, uh, well, okay. I don't think in the books they portray uh, the professor as a soldier, though. He's an academic, first and foremost. He gets attached to military action because of what's going on at the time, but it's well, not where he... Our, our readers aren't going to get that unless they dive deeper than just well first, all right that's fair right that's fair <laughs> i think i think we may find that the uh for me um and, and it's interesting that we mention actors and their roles because when i saw ron perlman was was hellboy i was like okay and it's what's on the tin man you, you know exactly what this is going to be this is going to be a rom perlman you got that voice you know war war never changes yeah. it's you know it's it's gonna be that and a lot the same kind of sons of anarchy he got a little bit more but this was way before that but he got a little bit more into acting range um but not that much yeah. Uh, the the heavy lifting drama was done by other characters around him. Same in the 2004 movie. David Harbour, I knew him from the newsroom, and I think that's the only thing I knew him for before this. All right. Yeah. Getting on to David Harbour as far as actor on this, like as as Hellboy, he's he does the best he can with it, and I think he does a really good job. I, I think he was hobbled by writing, but like for what he was asked to do, he did a really good job with the character. I will say in the new movie, what I enjoyed was the set pieces. I enjoyed the world. I enjoyed uh, Hellboy's relationship with the people around him. And when I bought into the movie, I went in skeptical. I really Listen, did. I, I know. That, I, the wrestling I, match. <laughs> okay, so uh, quick shout out to Anna Rodenbaum who showed me the movie. And we were f- five, not even five minutes into this movie when I looked at her and I was like, this is how I'm going to get Josh to watch this movie. <laughs> I'm just going to make sure that he hangs on. Until Lucha Libre fight Lucha scene. Lucha Libre fight scene with a vampire come on like how do you not get pulled into this movie immediately from that point and that that is a a, it is a good note to start on it it, and it it does set the tone very strongly about how this is very different from the secrecy vibe that the 2004 movies did um because they're they're like riding around in dump trucks or trying to stay super quiet for for all of the the del toro films and Lucha Libre fight right out in the open, cell phones everywhere. Like they, they say very out the gate, they're, they're much more open. And it's the one, it's one of the few points I'll give the 2019 movie about how it is closer to the books. Cause BPRD in, in the books is, is kind of in the shadows. They're not going to broadcast what they're doing, but they're not trying to stay secret either. They just don't seek publicity. Right. Hellboy is a figure that is known yeah. to the greatest. Like in the in the comic, like staying away from spoilers, but he walks around in the open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, the only person 100%. that hides himself is eight. Yeah. So, all right. Other uh, other points for the 2019 movie. Oh, um. Listen, I know d- the thing that most people are probably going to be the most upset about is that the general plot for the 2019 movie is 
far and away from any other introductory story of Hellboy, but I actually still really loved it. It's, I mean, Apocalypse is a continuing reoccurring theme within the series. So like there is, there's that connection points. Ish. Ish. I mean, they're still trying to get him to, Nimue is still trying to get him to usher in the apocalypse. Right. So, and it's still okay. Amun, uh, not Amun-Ra. Yeah. I uh, mean, you know, it's all his. But, oh man, the other British mythology connection. I, yeah. I've, I've read all of Hellboy. I don't remember that ever being there. Now, it's been a while, so I may be off, but might I might be some I think, liberties there. I think that was a whole cloth in, 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 in creation. Well, you know, witches I, I was, are hot this season. Oof, this is true. So hot right now. <laughs> I was entertained to have them take it back to an Arthurian legend to mm-hmm. say that Hellboy is actually a direct descendant of King Arthur and go that route because in the rest of the material that we're covering, the, the other movies, you never actually figure out like, yeah, Hellboy was a baby when he came in, you know, when he was summoned to Earth. But what was he? Where was he before that? You know, does that make a difference? Is it a big deal? No, it's probably not. It was just some baby demon that got summoned in. But now we've actually got some pre-story, some almost prehistoric story I going mean, on there. They they do talk about, it, that's that's a, that's a comic book, uh, book three, where they get into his origin and they talk about his mother. So it, it is a thing that is referenced uh, in the comics and they do lay down that story. Okay. Um, and, and in fact, it, it actually... Uh, I don't want to get into spoilers on that because it's it's a really fun twist. Bear has the book that has that uh, currently uh, because he chose the big book. <laughs> well, no, because you slapped it down on the stack of other graphic novels <laughs> you were handing me and said, I'm just giving you this because I know you're going to read the whole thing. Well, yeah. also true. It's it's really fascinating if you enjoy the character of Hellboy, like buy the omnibus off of Amazon for 17 bucks. It's got like the first five books in it and it's a really good read. <laughs> I, we were fortunate enough to at Half Price Books find the like the hardcover giant nice black uh <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> volume one omnibus thing. Um, yeah. This right. this huge like ten pound monster. <laughs> For those at home, he's now holding the ten pound monster up to the yeah, home screen. Ten pound monster. It is. It's, if you're going to read it, you need like a library stand because you can't hold it in your arms and read it without it becoming is, exhausted. It is really heavy, and I had to keep switching arms. I right. set it down on my chest, but it's if, a great read. If we're going to touch base about actors and their qualifications, though, we do need to at least circle back for one moment and talk about D- Doug Jones. Um, oh, God, yeah. Because Who is a Del Toro staple. I mean, and I will not be shocked at all if I find out eventually that he made Shape of Water to basically be an Abe Sapien. Right? <laughs> I mean, that's what we're all talking oh, about. Yeah. Right. Be, yeah. yeah, I haven't seen Shape of Water yet, but I, oh. it's on my list. Yeah, you should. You should. Gives you great ideas for how to have sex. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> moving on. Okay, yes. moving on. I'm yes. just going to slide right past that. Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I realized as soon as that came out of my mouth, that was that was the wrong phrase. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so like just honorable mention, the guy is amazing in all of the creature feature stuff he does. Mm-hmm. And he is probably one of the best prosthetic actors out there because you have to be able to do it in physical expression rather than just your face. And he does an amazing job with it. 
couldn't have asked for better casting for Abe Sapien. Yeah. Well, and to give you an idea, this guy and what he's in, um, he was Abe Sapien, obviously, the amphibian man in Shape of Water. He was Fauno in the Pale Man in Pan's Labyrinth. I mean, he does creature feature stuff. And usually, uh, Del Toro was the one that kind of found him. Um, he's the Baron in What We Do in the Shadows in the TV series. I mean... If, if you need to put a bunch of freaking makeup on somebody and have them do an amazing job, this is who you go to. So, yeah. All right. Uh... Which actually makes a lot of sense for him being in the same cast as Ron Perlman because Ron Perlman is a dude that has worn a lot of makeup. Also true. Is it wrong that I think that Ron Perlman is a better looking Hellboy? <laughs> Like he looks, he looks uh, like he does he look looks, closer to the comic book. Well, but he also, uh, I'm, I, I'm, I might have to 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 counterpoint with you on that because now we can talk about art style. Um, and yes, I think in the Ron Perlman Hellboy is like he is aesthetically pleasing. Like mm-hmm. they they make the character attractive. There's there's broad features. They do a good job with that. They don't make him look as brutish as Mm -hmm. the 2019 now that's a thing that we can talk about about hellboy though that in the comics because the art style is very different from mainstream comics now if you read indie books it's not so out the it's not so off the mark but i came to hellboy uh from deadpool and the art style was really jarring when i first jumped into it the last time that we have compared an art style to Hellboy was in our um, Umbrella Academy episode. Yeah. I was actually yeah. just going to bring that up because the yeah. art style in in Hellboy reminded me a lot of Umbrella Academy. Well, it reminds me a lot of something that we haven't done yet that I'm... Chomping at the bit? Looking forward to Sandman. <laughs> yes, and that's where I was going to go with coming. it. It's yeah. coming. It's um, coming. Yep, the Netflix series is going to drop next year, so... Ooh. So you guys aren't going to do it just on the audio drama? Which is phenomenal. It's oh fantastic, God. except so Jen good. and I had a fight about death. Yeah, we did. <laughs> All right. Cat and, Denning is not death. So anyway, <laughs> the, the art style is very, very stark. It is not pretty for the, the books. It's it's very brutal. It's very Lovecraftian. And if that's what you're going for, great. They nailed it. It's gorgeous. It's, it's gorgeous in that respect. But it is... Very different from what you see in a lot of mainstream comics. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, yeah, Hellboy was a style onto itself when it when it came in. Um, so much so that a lot of people will describe an indie style as, as a Hellboy. Uh, John Byrne does a lot of Marvel, a lot of DC, a lot of um, house style uh, comics. And he does very well with them. And I think it's with these types of books that he kind of can explore. Um, trying to, I'm trying to find the name of it. I think, yeah, The Next Men um, was another one that he did uh, for Dark Horse, actually. Um, and it was very realistic. It was, so he changes his style depending on what he's doing. This style, looking through this book, what if I have to remove it from things that came later, this reminds me of like your 50s Tales from the Crypt. Uh, you know the the old horror books the pulp yeah the pulp pulp horror books um it's obviously modernized this was 1994 that this came out but it still has those aspects like i remember 
hiding those books from my mom when I was young. And I remember a Tales from the Crypt episode where like this salesman has two families and he's double, like one wife is a bowler and the other one is um, a golfer and he screws up their gifts and then they meet each other. And like the end is the bowler bowling with his eyeless skull and the golfer golfing with his eyeballs. I mean, it just like when I was younger, it just stuck in my head. That's the type of like macabre, like gory style. And Byrne does not shy away from that in this book. That's fair. Um, well, and man, you're just feeding next steps here for, for discussion because then we can talk about gore between the two yeah. movies. Oh, yeah. Because, oh boy. Del the, Toro yeah. gets Lovecraft. Del Toro understands that Lovecraft is not necessarily about gore. Lovecraft is in the descriptions and is in the otherworldly things. And the implication, because Lovecraft sets you up and then lets you ima- lets you spin out the imagination for right. what, and fill in the gaps. <clears throat> right. right, like Love- the old Universal movies. Right, Lovecraft gives you the framework for you to use your own creativity to make the thing that scares you. Yes, and Hellboy does some of that. Uh, and well, and we talk about the 2004 movie that was hardcore Del Toro. Mm-hmm. It, it, it he he did what Del Toro does for the art style there. Yeah. That right, was, that was all him. He he definitely made it his own. But that's what I enjoyed about the 19 movie. It, it was a very good Lovecraftian like. Really, here are some aspects. Yeah, the, the 2019 movie was gory in the extreme. Like you've got the the tongue scene. You've got the uh, the way the vampire dies at the end of the luchador. Like I suppose that was true, yeah. that was almost like Evil Dead like Splatterfest. Of, of Splatterfest. Yeah. I can yeah. see that. I, I'm I'm gonna agree with that, and I I, I don't have a problem with that. I'm unapologetic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's 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 a it's a vast departure from pre-existing material, whether that be the books or the prior movies. The one thing that I did like is that they tied the unknown into the Arthurian legend, um, which again, it's 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 a it's an interesting take because you tie in things like Excalibur and you know all of these rooted in legends that everybody knows and you give them very subtle otherworldly ties that start coming in. See, that was one of my issues with the, the 19 movie, moving back to that, is Excalibur is the sword of destruction? I'm sorry, I don't understand. Like, why? Where where in any of the Arthurian legend, or where where's the seed of that twist? How does it oh, go bad? I'm sure you can go, like, you're talking about Arthurian legend. This is all stuff that's come down from word of mouth over centuries. I'm sure in one of those stories somewhere, not just the ones that are published in the United States, you could find something where Excalibur isn't just this holy Avenger sword where, oh my God, now I'm the king. I mean, let's take a look at the movie Cursed. You can't tell me that they weren't wielding the Excalibur that whole time. Yeah, the, the Netflix series Cursed. They called it the Devil's Tooth. Like, that sword... Right, which we haven't we haven't watched yet, so I, I know it just I came out. I haven't seen it, sorry. <laughs> so, uh, it's... Yeah. The the sword they're using the whole time, the sword that will make someone king, is a uh, fey-forged blade that really is. There's nothing noble about it. It wants you to go out and fight and kill people. So there's there's dozens of different stories that you could use to make Excalibur be just about any sword you wanted it to be. It's not just you know an animated series with a kid that had turned into a chipmunk for 
you know, a short amount of time that's jerking this out of a big first animal. Of all, first of all, squirrel. Also fish. Also, also fish. fish. Yeah, but mostly squirrel because horny squirrel. <laughs> squirrel lady. Oh boy, <laughs> going. This was literally squirrel in the middle of this show. <laughs> Deep Disney cuts. Oh boy! <laughs> All right, I think I, I can give you. I was I can actually give you kind that of. One. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna giggle a little bit because like when I was watching this movie just a couple days ago to prep for this, um, the 2019 movie again, the thought came to my head of when he's rising up out of the big ass hole in the church floor and he's holding Excalibur. I'm like, huh? There's the sword in the stone. Excalibur ah. in in Hellboy's right hand. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure somebody in production had that thought. Right. Yeah. Okay. So here's the question I'm going to ask, and this is, this is going to be the lightning round on the movies before I go and grab another Tecate. <laughs> yes. Which was more faithful to the comic world, 2019 or 2004? Now, removing which was better, which you liked more, which whatever, which was more faithful to what we read? I'll start with Reed then go to Bear, then go to Jen, so I can go get a Tecate. Before, before you go anywhere, one clarification. Are we saying to Seeds of Destruction yes. encapsulated, or are we talking Hellboy as as a body of work? Not all of us have read Hellboy as a body of work. Okay. You're our, our expert on that, so if you really want to go, but we've already you know, hinted at things that happened in book three and, and, and beyond. I can tell you right now that when it comes to, well, Jen, I think, has read more than just the first. Yeah, well, no, we'll just go with I've read the we'll first. Go, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. She remembers the first, and I've only read the first. Okay. I've been interested in it. I had a bunch of it, and then the divorce took uh, all of that away. So I did not get a chance to read more than Seed of Destruction. And whether or not I will is a question for the end of the episode. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. So, I mean, if we're saying faithfulness to Seeds of Destruction, hands down, the 2004 Del Toro. Yeah, they took some liberties and added some characters, but on the whole, the Cthulhu apocalypse storyline circling around Rasputin is boom. There you go. Those are your those are your main characters. Those are your main plot points. It it follows along. Um, I will say that points in favor of the 2019 movie. They do pull in the characters, the sidekick characters that they pull in do exist in the Hellboy world. They are not whole cloth creations. They are elements that show up in other stories. So they, and they are faithful to those characters. And see, that was the thing I was going to ask is that um, I 100% agree that obviously the 2004 movie was a lot more faithful to Seeds of Destruction for all the exact same reasons that you mentioned. Um, and that my question was going to be, do those characters exist? Because come on, like I, I love having Abe and Liz and Hellboy all running around together as a team. But when you've got a pack that's Hellboy, a were-leopard, and a psychic that can punch people's souls out of their body, like, that's a hell of a team right there. I'm kind of down with that. The the were-leopard character is... is um, So if you remember the 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 manager the boss in the first season or the 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 2004 his uh, tambor yeah Tam- jeffrey tambor. tambor yeah jeffrey tambor in in the 2004 tom movie manning i think this is yeah tom manning yeah. there we go um his role does show up in the comics later but it is filled by the where the where jaguar do so he eventually ends up the 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 where creature is the one that ends up holding hellboy's leash for a little bit and oh that's kind of so awesome the dynamic yeah. between those characters is absolutely fascinating fascinating 
And they do a pretty good job of displaying that character's fight with his inner bestial nature. Um, Hellboy, the comics take a bit darker turn on it because it's not so simple as like get him riled up and then turn him loose. But um, they're largely faithful to the character, and I appreciate that. Uh, the psychic, I think she may show up like once or twice. I don't remember as clearly for, for her, but um, on the whole, the, the characters do exist. I, I have to say in the 2019 movie, I just because I like these stories, I love the inclusion of Baba Yaga. Oh, I just so love good. it. Like if you're going to talk about get me witches, <laughs> you're going to talk about witches, you got to have Baba Yaga. Yes. And they are also faithful to the existence of Baba Yaga in the books. Because Hellboy does, they right. don't talk about, like, they don't show the actual exchange, but they do reference the fact that, no, he shot her eye out at one point, and she holds a grudge. Right. So that was... Like you do. I do remember that. That, that, <laughs> that was fitting. That was a faithful interpret. That was a faithful reproduction of a deep cut character. Yeah. I guess where I go with it is I hold them both in equal but separate uh, esteem. Um, it sounds like a cop-out answer, but I I won't compare them because they took such different directions. I would argue that the 2019 movie was closer to the uh, history world um, aspects of the comic book and its and its history and, and specifically the world that, that this comic is. The 2004 is awesome, and, and so is... Uh, the Golden Army, because it's half Hellboy, but half Del Toro's world. Especially when you get into Golden Army. You're looking at, like, there is a creature straight up. Now, I have not watched Pan's Labyrinth, as we <laughs> talked about. <laughs> but the creature in the church, I saw that same creature in previews for Pan's Labyrinth. Like, yep. that is Del Toro's representation oh, of death. Yeah, Golden um, Army is 100% Hellboy running around in the Fey world of Pan's Labyrinth. Yes. So, but that's that's what I'm saying is is those movies are extremely enjoyable. But that is an artist that has a very specific style, taking an existing license and putting it into their their world. One small pedantic thing I got to bring up with you: the Pale Man is not Del Toro's interpretation of death. Okay. The Pale Man is Del Toro's interpretation of human greed and avarice. Okay. Because he is a man who is skeletal, who cannot eat, who sits at a table laden with food that is of no use to him, but if you try and take from him, he will kill you. Okay. I need to watch Pan's Labyrinth. That's pretty much what Yes, I'm you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think that I, I agree with you. I like both movies, but for different reasons. Um, I think that the the 2004 is a little bit more of what you, the flavor that you get from Seeds of Destruction, um, mainly because of the Lovecraft. Um, I think that I like what Del Toro did a little bit more than what was in the comic as far as like that Lovecraft and where it came from and how it's being spread. I think that I personally like that storyline better. And I also, I mean, I think it, it's, you know, it, it's a trope in kind of action-y movies from Hollywood that there is, you know, Nazis that have, have, have lived through time and you fought them then and you got to fight them again, you know. I, you know. Iron Sky what? <laughs> I was just going to say, are they are they coming in from the moon? <laughs> the, the current season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. what? Right. 
Oh, I should really catch up on that. Oh, it's so good. so good this season because it's the last season, so they're tying every other season together. Yeah. And it's so good. Anyway. Um, I, I actually have a quick question since we were on that, you know, which is which is more faithful, which movie is more faithful to the comic book? Because we had specifically said at the beginning of this part that we were talking about Seeds of Destruction. And I, I don't think anyone can disagree with the fact that the 2004 movie was obviously more faithful to Seeds of Destruction. But I want to ask Reed personally, in your experience, since you've read more, would you, which movie would you say is more faithful to the Hellboy body of work as a whole? That's a really hard question because the characters that they pull in for the 2019 and the backstory of Hellboy's mother are relatively faithful. They do a pretty good job of that stuff. They don't like his mom is is in the books not descended from Arthur, but they at least talk about her and like she was a human woman. And it's it's a fun storyline. People should read it. I'm not going to spoil any more details on it. Um, but the whole like Arthurian legend connection, um, the the almost destruction of of London. All of that is whole cloth, whole cloth creation. So, like the the arc that goes on there, fighting giants, all of that is whole cloth creation. So, I will say that the 2019 is faithful to the characters and lore in a pretty good job. And it it, it was obvious that whoever wrote that script did some deep cuts on research. Like they went through and they pulled from BPRD as a body of work to inspire. But the actual trajectory of the like Nimue or, or anything like that, no, nah, that's whole cloth creation. So okay. it's not really faithful in the events, but I will say it's very good in in its interpretation of the characters and use of the characters, except for the professor. They give him like 2004 Del Toro gives the professor a, a he's there for the first third of the movie. In the the 2019, he's there for basically all of the movie. Both of them are not being faithful to the character in that respect because he's you're you're right. He's there for maybe ten pages of the the actual Seeds of Destruction book. Okay, so basically we're looking at they took all of the backstory of a mess of great characters and just tweaked one little thing and oh look, now we've got a completely separate movie. We, we tweaked the history of Hellboy's lineage and said, oh shit, now we can make a whole movie out of that. Look. Yeah, I mean it's a big tweak but it, it is the, the thing that they adjusted. So it, it's fairly faithful, I, like I said, uh, it's fairly faithful for the characters and, and the, the larger trajectory but the events are, are whole cloth creation so one of the last things that we said we were talking about uh earlier is in the 2019 the inclusion of lobster johnson okay that yeah that's a deep cut that he shows up so much he shows up way later yeah. i am not familiar with that character so this is going to be out of my realm well and from what i what little research that i've done because again i'm not familiar with him either but from what little research i i have done that that is pretty much the hellboy captain america like the what they did in the movie is pretty pretty accurate because uh, all right so in seeds of destruction it's it's um torch of liberty not lobster johnson but in 2019 it's lobster johnson yes true true I, I I don't know if those are used synonymously. Maybe if somebody is a huge, huge Hellboy person, they can write in and we will start doing uh, 
probably when we start doing <laughs> season four, we will do uh, corrections and angry angry fan letters would be a great new. Well, let's uh, let's say. <laughs> Don't we have to I, have angry fans I first? I think I still have it. Somewhere. <laughs> we need to have fans first. <laughs> I I, th- I think I have it somewhere, so we'll have to edit if I can't find it. But if you love Lobster Johnson, let us know, and I'll give you my Lobster Johnson action figure, and it's terribly. Ooh ratty still in its packaging (laughs) i think is that it right there is that it on top no that's my uh oh okay anyway i think that's my transmet first first person to uh write in and say if you want a lobster johnson action figure (laughs) let us know and i will give you mine and i have carried this thing with me for like 25 years so you can have it it probably looks like the the Spider Jerusalem action figure that I have that I've never taken out of the thing, but or out of the packaging. Yeah. But it yellows like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, any other points before we move on to our last question? I'm good. All right. So, Reed, I will not ask you if you will continue reading because obviously you have at least passed this. Yeah. But I will ask this. It likely will not happen, but if there is a sequel to the 2019 movie, will you watch it? Oof. I mean, yes, I am a I am enough of a fan of Hellboy that I will probably watch it. However, however, I mean, Ian McShane's dead. His character's dead at this point, so you don't have to complain about that. I don't. I don't, and that'll probably reduce the budget too. Um, <laughs> However, I will say that I will probably treat it with a a similar aspect to when I was watching like oh man, I Frankenstein Oof. or or Such others. A great bad movie. So there there will be there will be liberal fortification with liquid courage. I, I watched the other one straight because I knew I had to be coherent and, and talk about it here, but uh, if I don't have to to do that i'll watch it because i'm a fan but it's it's the same way a fan will go through and watch like oh i don't know rocky four like if you're a fan (laughs) of the rocky series you'll go back and you'll watch like you'll watch all of them if you're gonna do do a run tmnt3 yeah or you'll watch or a tmnt fan will go and watch tmnt3 like you know they go to feudal japan you know they're bad entries in the series but you like the series so that you'll go back and watch them. fast and the furious two through nine No, three, three sucks. Yeah, no, three that's, is... That's I what I'm the, saying is you go, I think you're three's still the only one I watch the bad ones. Did we ever watch We it? never watched three. We watched the Cinema Sins yeah. for three, and yeah. that was good enough. No, we kind of did it on a, like a, not a dare, but a... Uh, 17 year old wanted to do it and uh, basically said, I will watch all of these with you guys. And they don't watch anything with us, really. So No, that's the other I mean, one. Yeah, that's true. Also, I need to correct myself. I meant Rocky Five, where he trains Tommy Gunn, not Rocky Four, because the Russia fight is awesome. <laughs> I must break you. Yeah. I, no, I, I mean, don't know. Like, Rocky Five wasn't that terrible when you actually get to see Rocky, like, street fighting. Like, he's he's down there, and this one's for Jason. I mean, he sweeps the leg. <laughs> Wow. We are going down. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Train. So, Bear, 
You have a gigantic fucking book in front of you. Are you going to keep reading through that book? Well, considering that there's a very strong possibility I might be uh, taking a couple of vacation days until I figure out whether or not I too am COVID positive, um, I might be finishing this uh, season two of Umbrella Academy, the other <laughs> six graphic novels of From Hell that I haven't read yet. Like, I'm going to have a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> Okay, if you did not have time on your hands, would you continue to read this comic? Oh yeah, I would. I would find some morning where I woke up at you know six a.m. on a Saturday just out of sheer reflex, and uh, you know burn through the rest of this by nine because. I mean, that's half of this heavy-ass book, and it only took me about, I'd say, an hour to read through the first one. Jen? I totally want to see the art in that giant book. Okay. Okay, yes. I can um, show it to you through the camera. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll get it back. Yes, well, <laughs> you, you yeah, so? I like, yes. Um, <laughs> yes, I will. And I have, at some point in time, back, okay, again, small children were involved, and so, you know, the, my brain does not remember a lot of things from that time. Um, I know I read a lot of it and I want to go back and read it again. Um, after reading Seeds of Destruction, I, I, I really burned through Seeds of Destruction. I read it pretty quickly, um, which is a good indication that I am interested in it. So <laughs> I will continue. And same here. We will probably, uh, actually, we will probably collect those giant ass books um, just because they look cool. Um, but use them as coffee table books. And I will probably keep reading. Uh, I will point out that almost every time we've mentioned this uh, graphic novel, we have said seeds of destruction. Seed. It is seed of destruction, singular. Um, but, you know, just for the one person that has been screaming this entire time. The whole time while we've been drinking Tecate and we can't <laughs> hear them. Yes. Uh, okay, so final count. I have had three. Uh, Jen, three. three. Okay. Two. Two on Reed's side. So that's eight. And Bear? Four. <laughs> so, Hellboy 12. <laughs> Uh, I, so now I will fit the number 12 somewhere into the description of this episode. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, Reed, oh thank you so Count much for joining 12. us again. Always a pleasure. Coming down from the from the frozen north. Oh, yeah. Beyond the wall. <laughs> the cheddar curtain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. For, the cheese curtain for those for OWBNers. Those, for for the, the, the old school fans, yeah, the, che the cheese curtain. It's a, it's a rough trip to, to make it past that thing. Yeah, although he did bring a bunch of new Glarus for me and Jen and Bear, we have yours here that I will... Leave on your porch. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he sent me that uh, the picture uh, uh, like right after you left, and I was just like, "Well, why didn't he bring that too?" Because I wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't here yet. Uh, um, okay. All right. So, thank you everybody uh, for joining us once again. Tune in next week for Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, we're we're gonna get uh, deep, deep, and we're gonna continue the Lovecraftianness because. Apparently, I just somehow found the comic that uh, is very, very Lovecraft. Uh, we're going to have Sarah Michaels uh, joining us for that one um, to, to her friends, Black Sarah. Uh, she is uh, wonderful, and we're looking forward to it. So until then, take it away, Vandello. <laughs>
But the same old trouble villains always knocking at the door. Pretty pictures on the page, but nothing ever stays the same. Do 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 do. Ever as it seems. 